Welcome to the Innovation and Compliance Podcast, part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Join us every week as we talk with industry innovators who are making compliance to help business run more efficiently and at the end of the day, more profitably. Here's your host, Tom Fox. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back for another episode. And today I have Anil Carmel and Travis Howerton of C2 Labs. Gentlemen, first of all, uh, thank you so much for taking the time to visit with me today. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. So could you both tell our audience a little bit about your professional backgrounds? Yeah. So, um, you know, for me, I came out of uh, Los Alamos National Laboratory, built out their cloud and collaboration capabilities, which is where I had the opportunity to meet my fellow co-founder and uh, CTO, Travis Howerton, where we serve as the uh, CTO and deputy CTOs of the nuclear weapons program and uh, left government to uh, start this company. And Travis can share a little more on uh, some of the great things uh, he's uh, had the opportunity to work on. Yeah, I started on the federal government side as the chief technology officer for the National Nuclear Security Administration. So we're basically responsible for the the safety, security, and long-term stewardship of the U.S. nuclear weapons stockpile. Went to Oak Ridge National Lab as the uh, deputy CIO there, led the merger of Y-12 and Pantax for uh, Bechtel, and then had a global role in strategy and IT for Bechtel Corporation. And now I'll lead the R&D division of C2 Labs as the co-founder and chief technology officer with Anil. One of the things that struck me about doing a little bit of research on C2 Labs and yourselves is that it appears you guys have done a lot of work in an area, what I'm going to call general business process and using technology through business processes. And I was wondering if you could talk about some of the evolutions that not only you have seen in this area during your professional careers, but may have led as well. Yeah. So I'll kind of kick that off, you know, business processes are in heavily regulated industries are built to standardize the way systems are built, designed, deployed, and uh, to protect the organization. So, you know, really to transform technology, business processes need to also be transformed. So doing so as business evolves, as technology evolves is challenging, especially when compliance is required to uh, various different regulations. So to that end, you know, there's really been this need to to fix this cadence mismatch between the need to be compliant and the need to modernize technology. Travis, anything to add there? Yeah, and so we often describe compliance as the equal and opposite force to digital transformation. You know, the uh, C-suite is pushing to go fast, to move into new markets, to find uh, new ways to dominate their industry. But at the same time, they've got 20, 30 years of technical debt that's built up, processes that are in place, systems of record that have been built that people are reluctant to touch. And so what we found is about two-thirds of organizations are having a hard time digitally transforming. And so our goal has really been to help them modernize their business processes while at the same time maintaining their state of compliance and not only maintaining it, but lowering the cost of it and the risk of it as a function of time using modern digital transformation tools, including some we've developed in-house. And we have a special award for guests on this podcast during the interview, actually give us the title of the podcast and fixing the cadence mismatch is now the title of this podcast. So you get an extra gold star. That was great. The audience of this podcast are compliance officers, but they are largely anti-bribery, anti-corruption compliance officers, trade sanction compliance officers, anti-money laundering compliance officers. 
And one of the reasons I wanted to visit with you guys is one of my phrases is have your people talk to my people. And it's exactly as you said around heavily regulated industries, compliance tends to be uh, much more regulated driven with a, a direct and concrete set of steps that have to follow. In anti-robbery, anti-corruption compliance or ABC compliance, that's not true. We have a law, there's some general guidelines, and then you're off to do it alone. So I find that when I can have the opportunity to talk to people like yourselves, you're much more forward thinking in your compliance because you've had to be, because the government says you've had to be. So kind of with that background, and I'm a lawyer by professional training, when you sit down with someone like myself, whether it be a CEO, whether it be a, a CCO, how do you help them understand not so much that you've generated data, but how can they use that data going forward? Yeah. So, you know, the, the first step is understanding that it always is going to take people to understand your state of compliance, right? So knowing that there's always going to be people that have to defend this is the state of compliance for my organization against X regulations. And then employing and providing those individuals the right tools and technology to make sense of the state of compliance of their organization, to visualize that information and to produce that paper on demand, right? To fix that cadence mismatch between compliance being a manual paper-based exercise that is instantly out of date the moment it's created to a continuous approach to compliance, right? Transforming both the culture and the technology that's used to deliver and deploy solutions and associated compliance artifacts is what I would posit to your audiences. You know, think about in the development space, we use this to, uh, technology in this conversation called DevOps. Um, where, you know, developers develop technology and then historically they've handed over to operators to go deploy that application into production. So this movement around DevOps was born to allow those two groups to work together to quickly deploy applications to production, yet ensure that each other's needs are being met and respected. So to that end, one of the things we've heavily focused on in our organization is bringing DevOps to compliance in something we're calling regulatory operations or RegOps, where now you have the ability to transform the culture coupled with the tools to allow compliance professionals to quickly develop and deploy applications and ensure that they're continuously compliant to simplify and automate regulatory compliance in real time without the need for paper, but being able to generate that paper on demand. The only other thing I would add is there's a technology influx that's happening that's opening the door to doing things in new and more creative ways. And so compliance people are insanely valuable in their organizations. They minimize risk. They keep the company out of trouble. They protect the brand. They do things that you're always going to need humans to do. But our goal and focus is they spend a lot of time collecting data, going to pull samples, logging assessments and audits. If we can automate a lot of that so that they use their brain, that they can see the results of that, if we can build robots for them, if we can build software for them that does those pieces, now they can say, well, what are the results? What do we need to do about this as a company? How do I best advise our leadership 
on how to manage risk and regulatory compliance, you're making better use of that person's mind, which is the valuable part of compliance professionals. And so that's really where we're focused. Do you all uh, advocate data visualization or other strategies to communicate what the numbers show or something else? Yeah, I think you got to be careful with data. You know, it's one of those things I learned early on in a statistics class in university uh, is numbers lie and liars use numbers. You want to be careful that what you're measuring matters and that there's a reason to measure it and that you can do something with it after it's measured. So we spend a lot of time figuring out what are the right things to measure, what's the most cost-effective way to get the data, and how can we make smarter decisions once we have it? And if you can't have those smart kind of metrics, and what you end up with is a lot of hamster wheel sort of organizations where they've got KPIs that have existed forever. Nobody even knows why they measure them. They don't do anything with them, but dear God, don't show up red on one of those, or the eye Mordor will descend upon you and and life will not be good. And so Our focus is making sure that you're capturing the right stuff in the right way, in the most cost-effective way, and that it's driving real-world risk reduction and and improved compliance posture. If I could turn now to the co-founding of C2 Labs and and ask you, what led you to found your company, C2 Lab? Yeah, definitely. So when we were in government, you know, one of the things that we found was, was a challenge was, you know, as we develop new technologies, to get those technologies to operate in government you needed to have compliance documentation built. And every time you deployed a new system, you had to ensure that that system was compliant. So really what led to the founding of this company's understanding is this compliance problem something that is inherently unique to government or is this something that affects every industry? And clearly this compliance is a problem that affects every heavily regulated industry. So we set out to create C2 Labs to develop and change the conversation around how compliance is done, leveraging this RegOps model to develop and deliver continuous compliance. That's the C2 and C2 Labs. You have a great phrase on your website. As I tell my wife, I purloin phrases all the time, and I'm definitely going to purloin this one, which is digital transformation in action. And I was wondering if you could describe for our audience really what you, what you mean by that and why I found it to be an incredibly powerful phrase And if that's a fair assessment of how you feel about it, why you feel it's so powerful. Yeah, we're big believers that digital transformation is going to disrupt nearly every company and organization on the planet over the next decade. And it's going to be in good and bad ways. So new winners will emerge. Old dominant players will fade. And I think most leaders know that. And so the problem is, how do you put digital transformation into action? And so the services side of C2 We've really done a couple of things, and it it starts with sort of our full stack development capabilities, building new capabilities in Greenfield or taking old technical debt, crappy applications that have existed for 20 years and reimagining them with a modern user experience. We then wrap that with our DevSecOps, which is basically another way of saying we automate everything. I've said for years in our organization that automating stupid is not an accomplishment. So we kind of look at the process end to end and, and reimagine a better way to do it and then apply technology to automate the components of it that are manual and repetitive. And then the part that I think most people miss and highly regulated is making sure you're continuously compliant. Because if you're not, the first two things you do don't matter because compliance is a poker ante in the government and other things. 
if you can't show that you're compliant, nothing else you do matters because you get knocked out of the game. And so that's where we've really excelled as we understand that need to be compliant. We bring Silicon Valley level of innovation to the projects that we tackle. We wrap that in hyper automation and we give them back something that's more secure and more modern than we ha- how we found it. But most importantly, they can still pass an audit. They can still get through all the regulatory hurdles and doesn't add any undue risk. And that's how we put digital transformation into action. Let me see if I can rephrase that in uh, ABC compliance speak to make sure I got it. And more importantly, that the, some of the audience got it. And this comes from the Department of Justice because that's who's our regulator in this space. And they say uh, you should assess your risks as your risks change. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean continuous risk assessment, but when there's a change, you need to assess your risk. Mm-hmm. From that updated risk assessment, you move to continuous monitoring, mm-hmm. monitoring the new risk. You take the information and data generated in that continuous monitoring, and then you move towards a continuous improvement of your compliance program. Is that a fair assessment of what you guys are saying as well? What we're trying to do is that continuous compliance piece, which is a lot of the mechanics of what you I heard you describe. But instead of doing continuous monitoring with people who are out doing assessments and reading docs, if you have that information, why not script it? Why not build robots to do it? Have it automatically log, and then a person can monitor the changes and say which ones are material, do they have an impact on risk, update those risk assessments, communicate that risk, and figure out what mitigations the company's willing to apply, can afford, or what they want to accept. It's that virtuous cycle. It's not really going to change. The only part that's going to change is the how it's done. And so the how part is where we think there's a lot of process optimization that can be done, cost reduction that can happen, and technology infusion. And that's where we've been investing a lot of our R&D dollars is trying to move the needle materially in that space. I'll add one more thing to that, right? It's there's automation of where it makes sense of those manual repetitive processes, right? But it's really allowing the human to do what a human does best, where a compliance professional can now take a look at this information as opposed to doing these manual repetitive tasks that a machine can do, right? Allowing that human to now take the results of those manual repetitive tasks and make informed decisions. And that's really when we're talking about this reg ops model and transforming compliance, right? It's allowing the human and the compliance professional to take information and provide informed decisions and allow them to inform risk of, you know, this is this is the the change in the system and here's now the associated risk without waiting for the next manual assessment tool. I tell people in my world that the three most important things in any compliance program are document, document, document. Yes. I say that because in a regulator's eyes, if you don't have it documented, it never happened. You may have the best program, you may follow your program, but if you don't have documentation of that program, in their eyes, it just never happened. And indeed, you'll be sanctioned for not having that documentation. Uh, you've already told me you provide the documentation, but do you also have an audit trail that if an uh, external auditor, a customer, potential uh, vendor or other even stakeholder comes and wants to look that you guys can uh, show them an audit trail for the documentation? Yeah, we actually took that a step further and we completely agree with you. We have the ability to rip things to paper, but we're a digital system. And because we're digital, we allow things to happen that weren't possible in sort of the old world. And so we can track every time anybody looked at anything, every change that was made, all that audit log exists. 
But the step we took further is we built a feature in our platform called time travel. Because one of the things compliance professionals told us is it's great to have all this document updated, but I really want to know what changed, right? I'm a busy person. I don't have time to read 300 pages. Like, tell me materially what changed. And we built a platform that can do that. And it combines sort of the best of what you find in a Git world where you can compare changes, but it wraps it in a blockchain style implementation. It's not exactly blockchain, but it's similar. And so every time you change it, it writes a new link out in that change and timestamps it. And it cryptographically signs it. And so now you can walk back in time every iteration of any compliance document, requirement, assessment you have and see exactly what it was at any given point in time in a way that's cryptographically provable. So we've taken it kind of a step further. We agree with you that documentation is paramount. But what's also paramount is understanding changes to documents in a material way, not just what a human says changed in the front change log of a doc, but what actually changed in the bits across all the pieces. And so we can do that in our platform. And that's one of the big gaps we saw as we bring our product to market. You don't have to clone you guys and bring you into the ABC world. Wow. Let me change the focus just a little bit and ask you a question about solar winds. I've been following this somewhat and I started off being aghast that this has happened, but every article I read, it just gets worse and worse. Uh, at least from my perspective. And I was wondering if I could just ask you, how can C2 Labs help companies in this type of situation and indeed in the the broader cybersecurity world? I think a little of this is serendipity for us. And so right before SolarWinds hit, the newest module on our platform was supply chain security. And what we were hearing from folks is they were worried about what vendor risks is are being introduced into their environment through software they use, through vendors who perform on-site from insider threat and other things. And so um, we started on that, but uh, more importantly, we also hired our first two data scientists to come into the company. And where we've been going is we've got the ability to look at your supply chain, but through multiple lenses that weren't really possible before. Some of it's kind of straightforward, doing audits of them, tracking issues where they're non-compliant with the requirements that are in their contracts and, and flow downs in the T's and C's. Other things that are less obvious is we've built dynamic questionnaires where they can go through and do their own risk assessment and you can capture that. And we're now crawling the web looking for where have they been fined, where are they being sued, trying to pull back broader sentiment using AIML techniques to bring it into a unified view that says, here's the risk in my supply chain and why, and been able to visualize that, drill into it and truly understand it. And so we think there's a lot you can do to modernize that part of the industry, which is kind of nascent. People, solar winds have opened some people's eyes. In the national security world, we've worried about this for a long time. It's now becoming a commoditized attack that you're going to see more in private sector and other things. So I think there's a growing need for this, and we're, we're very interested in being at the forefront of it. Well, if anything, it's helped us to focus and help our customers to modernize technology quickly and yet ensure that they're continuously compliant because you know now that we're increasingly embracing a digital world right the manual processes and the paper that have to be generated are increasingly difficult to do and build so really now being able to give tools and technologies and new approaches to both the regulator and the regulated to make informed decisions and be able to 
simplify and automate regulatory compliance in real time, right, without the need to generate that paper, but being able to generate it on demand, right, is really kind of this approach that we've posited to the industry at large and that, you know, we're, we're rolling out and we, we welcome organizations that would like to join us on that journey of uh, transforming regulatory compliance to join us. Where do you see this journey going around digital transformation, sort of five years, but maybe even 10 years down the road? So I'll take a, just a high level stab at that, and then uh, I will hand it over to my, my fellow co-founder and chief technology officer to, to expound, right? I mean, really, the world is changing at a rapid pace. Businesses are, are evolving quickly. New regulations are being developed to uh, ensure that we are continuously secure and privacy legislation is being deployed. The state of Virginia or Commonwealth of Virginia just released a new privacy legislation. So there's new legislation and new regulatory requirements that are always being delivered. There's new technology that's always coming out. Business is moving at a rapid clip, right? Really, because of this cadence mismatch, there needs to be a new way in which you're handling and managing compliance. So to make digital transformation become actionable and to put digital transformation in action, you need continuous compliance. Thus, this cultural change to fix the cadence mismatch between how compliance documentation is built, created, and continuously updated to now leveraging a digital platform like we've created with Atlassity to allow organizations to continuously build and update those that documentation in real time. So it's, it's really a cultural and technological transformation of regulatory compliance. Our contribution to helping get there is something we've written called our compliance manifesto, because culture change is hard. And to your point, you know, this is something that's going to take five, 10 years to happen. But the cadence mismatch is unsustainable. Digital transformation is inevitable. It's going to happen. The cadence mismatch is getting more painful. And so there's got to be new and better approaches to this problem that move us all collectively forward. And so we've laid out a set of principles in our manifesto that basically outline the world as we see it. And it's a whole bunch of things around simplification. The fact that we shouldn't beat up regulators. You know, I like drinking clean water. I like breathing clean air. They write these things with the best of intentions. They just sometimes have unintended consequences relative to cost and other things. So it's how do we help optimize the implementation of these regulations in a way that's repeatable, that gets the outcome that was intended without it being the drain on business that it sometimes feels like it is today. So it's how do you better align those things? And we've come up with a, a set of principles we think that should guide that discussion. And so, you know, we continue to go on podcasts, we continue to put out materials on how we're thinking through the problem. And we continue to build software that helps as a proof point and one of probably many that will exist in industry over the next 10 years as we fix this cadence mismatch. Gentlemen, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time for this episode, but I was wondering if our listeners wanted any more information on either yourselves or C2 Labs, where could they go and how could they find out? Absolutely. Uh, we welcome you to visit us at c2labs.com, uh, letter C, number two, L-A-B-S and uh, start a conversation. We would uh, love to partner with you on your journey towards continuous compliance as we bring regulatory operations or reg ops to life. Gentlemen, I can't tell you what a great podcast this has been. This has been absolutely fabulous. And I hope that I might be able to call upon you all 
in the future as C2 Labs has new developments and uh, as regulatory matters change and perhaps even new laws are passed. So I, I greatly wanted to thank you and look forward to continuing the conversation. Likewise. Thanks so much for having us. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having us, Tom. If you want to stay up to date on the latest innovations in compliance and help your business run more efficiently, subscribe to this podcast and help spread the word by leaving a review.